2: hello everybody welcome to this week's edition of pollock and thurston i am john pollock joined as always by brandon thurston hello who demands transparency he wants audited figures coming out of this sunday we're going to be focusing that sound more intimidating than it was meant to give me a no it did not it did not we uh it was it was it was very good it was very good we will see what what comes out have have you somehow encouraged The WWE style press release to come out of AEW. Are people going to blame you if we see a press release and they just decide, you know what,
3: we're we're going for it? 120,000 people at Wembley. I got the impression of we want to get get into it already, but I got the impression that he was he he prompted me to say that to be like this is isn't what we're going to do, and then said something about giving an accurate number. That was my read.
2: Well, we will get into more about uh, Tony Khan's uh, media call uh, from Tuesday, and I'm sure someone that will want to weigh in. Uh Joining us for the first time on Pollock and Thurston, but no stranger to people uh, listening and watching to our show, the man who is the landlord at the House of Wrestling, Nick Hausman, is here with us. Hello, Nick. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on here. Uh You are going to be sent uh, some kind of award because you were by far uh, the quickest confirmation for a guest. I I think you got back to me in 30 seconds, and I can't thank you enough for uh, guests that can confirm instantly.
4: Hey, you know, I'm so locked in right now. It's it's largely a one-man shop over at House of Wrestling, so you know dms emails i'm i'm sensory overload right now and it is far easier for me to just knock things off the list and move on and this was this was a fun
2: and easy yes i was excited to yeah definitely excited to say yes and jump on well i thought this would be an easier week because next week uh wrestling takes over chicago yet again and i'm sure you're going to be a very very busy man next week as AEW gets ready rumor has it a second pay-per-view in as many weeks for AEW. uh there's this all-out event that will be the focus of next week um Before we get into all this will be a heavily AEW centric uh, chat, but just having you on this show for the first time, it's been a number of months now since you've launched House of Wrestling. And I just want to get some of your own thoughts on running your own site and the comparisons after working for WrestleZone, WrestleLink in in the past and now uh, spreading your wings and you're running your own site. And it's something, you know, Brandon and I can certainly sympathize with.
4: I feel like because we're less than six months in, um, we're about four and a half months in, and I feel like I'm just now getting a taste for what it is to to really have my space and be doing it my way. We've tried a lot of things out. Uh, I was very fortunate, or I am very fortunate, to be working with Premier Streaming Network and Inside the Rope. So I just kind of pushed uh, as much to the side as I could to to start bringing some people on. This quarter, and I'm very happy to, to be bringing on Nick Miller. He's a great writer. And uh, Innis from Inside the Ropes has been working uh, with us as a writer and social media person as well. Um, just signed a couple new advertising deals I'm happy about. And we got a big announcement coming here in a week that I think is going to garner a lot of attention. Um, so I'm just not really kind of starting to feel it. I've been trying to do more. For, I think it's for better, Uh, more exclusive kind of insight stuff that I hear about that's going on behind the scenes. People seem to be really digging that, and I've, um, of course, been staying on top of the interview content as much as possible. So staying busy, I'm really enjoying it, and I appreciate everybody who's uh, been along for the ride.
2: Aside from CM Punk related, what sure. has been sort of the, the stuff that has hit for you the most that you have found uh, that the audience has <laughs> seeked out? Like, you have gone out, like, your interviews are, you know, get... Uh, a lot of attention and sure. the news that you gather from it but i'm just curious i imagine that cm punk has been a lot of a uh, driver of, of traffic in your world <sighs> you, you told me i was your
3: number one podcast
2: guest
4: you were you were brandon came on and we did, we, time, did anyway. we did really well when brandon came on um yeah punk news has been big punk news is always big right i had like the the christopher daniels uh had a talent relations uh not being allowed backstage as a tip for tap phrase steel that was big um you know, I do a lot more confirmation stuff now, just little stuff that that seem to to people like, you know, figuring out why is AEW all in not going to be streaming in movie theaters that day. It had I was surprised to find out it didn't have anything to do with National Cinema Day. So people seem to like those kind of little tidbits. They just, you know, they like exclusive content. And then when it comes to the conversations, I think people really like the human connection, right? The, the 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 days of like just burying people for content. I think there's definitely a market for that. But I think that when people really hear about like um, real issues people are dealing with, I don't want to specifically say like Lufisto style stuff, but people kind of just like being real about how they feel about the business or things that uh, they love or they don't love. That that stuff always seems to resonate. So human interest mixed with backstage stories,
2: I guess, is successful. With Brandon Thurston as the you know the the leading the leading. News, ge- news they they generator. love they love the numbers,
4: and I am a subscriber to WrestleNomics, and I get the numbers, and I'll say on uh, my favorite thing is I like looking at the quarter hours and seeing who actually pops and and in draws interest, and in following those kinds of lines. So that stuff does well. I, I certainly present it
3: absolutely. Yeah, it's it's hard to, to get meaning out of it, but uh, I I appreciate it. Thanks.
4: I found meaning in less. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Yes,
3: you 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 learn that the questions that you were asking in the first place were not the right questions. Yeah, no.
4: Um, and in the field, content always does well. People love it when you're out there talking to people, getting things done. You were there in SummerSlam. People love that stuff.
2: Yeah, it's 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 very interesting to see now with with both companies that are giving more of this kind of on site ex- accessibility. That I'm certain, like. For myself, for you, for you, Nick, it kind of incentivizes you to be going to these shows and knowing the fact that you can get this this type of content, even if it's all these people doing interviews, like there's only going to be one type of Nick Houseman interview as compared to a John Pollock version, a Brandon Thurston version, um, <laughs> Brandon yeah. Thurston with Otis. That would be a, a one-on-one. I think we would all love to yeah, see. I, I, I haven't been to those days yet, but uh, maybe one yeah, you haven't, you haven't made it out to the uh, the media <laughs> days, Brandon. One One of these oh. days. Yes. Well, let's talk a bit about uh, All In. As we are days out, Nick, um, does this feel like a this seismic event for AEW? We know the the attendance figure of wh- what it is, what the ceiling potentially could be for it. But uh, tell me, this many days out, how it feels to you in terms of this being AEW's, is this going to be a defining event that we look back on in AEW's history?
4: Well, yeah, absolutely. It's a defining event. No matter what kind of shenanigans are going on around it. I mean, it's still the most paid attendance of all time. If I'm not mistaken here, Brandon's on the line, obviously. Um, but you know, it's going to be historic for that reason alone. Does it, does it feel like a big show? It is like a Schrodinger's premium life event because it is both big and it is not both big at the same time. I think because on scale, it will feel huge, but there hasn't, I don't think, been a lot of uh, development and storylines to really get people emotionally invested into a lot of matches on the card a lot of stuff really coming together in the last 14 days heading into the event to really make sense i mean you can hang your hat on adam adam cole and mjf and say well we've been doing this for a while and look how excited people are for that and which is a which is a fine point but for people like me that really like a clear defined heel face dynamic where i just want to see somebody i really hate get their ass kicked this doesn't really that doesn't that's not what I'm getting with MJF, Adam Cole, at least not as of now. Right. So I, I think that there's definitely a bigness to it. But, you know, this has kind of become a refrain for for AEW shows. We're right up at the finish line. There's a lot of last kind of minute changes or or, or additions to the card. Um, and it's a little distracting, but it always comes off well. Um, but it's just like how it feels at the moment. I think it is. It's kind of a little all over the place from an outside
3: perspective. And so the the attendance they've, according to WrestleTicks, WrestleTix's last estimate is about seventy six thousand tickets sold. The so WrestleMania thirty two probably did around eighty thousand somewhere somewhere between you could say seventy four and eighty six. In the middle is about eighty thousand. Uh, so WrestleMania thirty two is above it at the, at least at the moment. Okay. Uh, WrestleMania three. I've been doing some research. We'll talk about it more. On, on are, are there pace, questions
2: hopefully. about that attendance at WrestleMania there are question, 3? There are
3: questions about WrestleMania uh, 3 and the Silver Dome, but I, I, I tend to believe Dave's reporting from way back of 75,600 for the paid attendance. So it's right in the ballpark of that and perhaps just over WrestleMania 3, but not ahead of WrestleMania 32. Um, the current setup is 88,000 according to WrestleTix. So they could get there. You know, they're, they're about 80,000 80, out now. So they have 80,000 more, perhaps, to sell. They could surpass WrestleMania 32, but not yet.
4: So they have not yet passed it. Man, this is so hard to follow. This is a horse race you guys got going over here with these
2: tickets. I'm curious what the. What the last couple of days is going to be like, because much like you, Nick, I, I don't know if there, like there is a, I think a, a clear main event here with MJF and Adam Cole, but I don't know if it is any one match that is pulling people as opposed to the enormity of this show, its historic nature that it's going to be and people wanting to be a part of this. I think that's as big of a draw as anything for the show on Saturday and last minute people that are going to want to buy and even attend this show. Well, and the Cash Wheeler situation is so interesting to me because
4: I I totally understand going forward with it, right? Like this guy has not been, there's it's not fully flushed out. It's not been proven guilty, right? Pled not guilty. But there's like this lingering thing like, well, you know, this person was taking photos of the vehicle, apparently, and like the police report. And like, we don't know if there's like video from traffic cameras or whatever it be. And even Tony Khan himself saying that he's still kind of collecting facts on all of this. Right. It's a very interesting situation here with that. It's a it's a huge distraction. You know, unlike other distractions we've seen with AEW, this one just feels a little odd. And with so much momentum behind that particular match. It's just really bad timing. It's just another thing I think that kind of distracts from the overall kind
3: of punch that's coming along with the the momentum of this show right now. And Tony said that there will be changes to the card, but I think he specified that the tag title match is not one of them.
4: No, that is happening. Match. Yeah, and I heard that almost so day gone. one. I heard that almost day one from, from when it was going down, hours after it happened, because MJF put out that tweet, and he's like, you guys are still getting the match, and then they didn't take his passport, and then everybody I started talking to after that was like, I don't know that they will do anything. I think it's all happening. So it doesn't surprise me. It's just very, it's again, it's just like a unnecessary distraction away from this, the event when you want the focus and the spotlight to be on the action and, and the performers, you know? So that's all.
2: Do you sense that being any kind of um, a lingering issue tonight when cash wheelers in the building, they're doing the face to face segment, or do you feel that this is kind of separating that story from what, what this audience is here to see, which are these two tag teams do their go home segment. I, mean, like, I don't know what's going to happen tonight,
4: right? Like, do do people do, like, chants? Do people have signs? Like, you know, there's, like, a alleged victim in this situation, in, like, an actual case. It's very odd. Like, wrestling is an interesting space to be bringing somebody out that's kind of in his situation at the moment. I would think they would want to stick to the action at hand in the storyline. I don't there think you'd right. want to call any attention no, to not No, you don't do the Dominic Mysterio WrestleMania entrance with Cash Wheeler. You know, um, I wouldn't, at least. Uh, I, I, But again, like, you can only control so much in that space. I'm very interested to see how the fans, uh, if they, you know, a lot of alcohol fueled at AEW events, usually
3: when I've gone, so... And John, you asked Tony that the first question actually was about was about the cash wheeler story, too. Uh, and then you asked him if you asked Tony if he knew about the, that story and, and the the legal situation before everybody else did. And I, he kind of re- repeated his talking points of the first question, but I got the impression that yeah, he was giving the indication in a very Tony Conway that he did know at least a little bit before everybody else found out.
2: We actually have that clip. Do you, you want to hear okay. this is his or, answer yeah. regarding like the, the timing that I asked about.
1: I, because of the uh you know the, the nature of it I'll be honest uh I, I it's not like I've known for a long time what was going on here but on the other hand uh I have uh tried to uh gather all the facts and information and I still think uh you know we don't have all the facts here and but you know I don't want to comment too much on the situation but uh we're still gathering information and uh, that's what I've been trying to do the several days i because of...
2: so there you go that was uh tony khan responding and i mean he doesn't say it in so many words but i took that answer to be that it was if not at the same time we were all learning about it tony khan didn't have as much of a like lead time beyond the public learning about it and certainly not the sense that when this allegedly occurred i believe july 27th that he would have been made aware of it um, that early. So that's that's another curveball that's thrown into this. I mean, if if Tony Khan is finding out about this weeks, if not more after the fact it occurred, I mean, that that certainly is another aspect of the story about Tony Khan being alerted about this. I, I worked diligently to try to find out if Tony knew about this or if Punk knew about it or Dax,
4: for that matter. I do know that there were people I thought would know. That literally responded to my messages and were like, what is going on? And I was like, oh, you definitely don't know then. And that is wild to me. Um, I, I, you know, if Tony didn't know and like, let's realistically call out what a hypothetical here is, right? Like this guy knew he had a warrant out for his arrest and he hid it from his boss for like weeks. Is that possible? Right. Like, I don't, I don't know what happens in that situation. The only thing I can compare it to is like the Enzo Amore thing, right? Where he had an accusation against him and didn't tell him. And then it bit him in the butt, I think, at the Raw 25 anniversary thing. And they were like, you're a huge headache. We're going to part ways. Now, Cash Wheeler is very different than Enzo Amore, obviously, right? But like concealing something like this that you look, you don't want Nick Housman reaching out to people in your company and you don't know. They don't know what's going on, right? Like it's just bad publicity. It's a bad front. You don't want stories about there about people not knowing what's going on being taken off guard by this. So for that reason alone, I would think that Tony would know and have informed the people around him of what's going on. Right. And when he ends his, his statement there by saying, I've been trying to figure out the facts for several days, several days. That's like not a week, right? This isn't like since I, since the, the warrant was there at several days gives you a pretty good idea of when he found out. So I would do look, if you can no sell it, make it to the show, act like it's not a big deal. Fulfill your commitments. You've got advertisers tied up. You've got venue costs tied up. There's a lot of stuff ca- tied up in this, and it's this a huge match on your show. I get it. If you can make it there, and then on the other side, you can start to make decisions. I think that's the game plan we're going to see here right now, if I had to guess, right? I don't know. I, I don't... While this is all going on, and it's like a fluid situation where you worry about a, a video or a photo coming out or something like that, I, I don't know. I, I, I would absolutely put a pause on things for the moment, but I, I know I'm not... I know not everybody feels that way.
3: And and have we mentioned what what the the charge is? He's he's charged with one count of aggravated assault with a firearm. And the allegation is that he he pointed a a handgun out of the window of a car while driving. Yeah, while driving.
4: Yeah, Yeah. pulled over to the like the side lane, right? You know, to to get up next to this guy's car. And it's again, it's all alleged. There was like the whole thing where the, the person the person who is alleging it has photos of the vehicle. And then what they do is they go into this Elvis system, if you read the report, and they put together randomized photos of people that look like Cash Wheeler, and they put Cash Wheeler's photo license in there, and then the person goes over and says, this person, and the car matched Cash, and so that's how you have reason to believe that it was probably him in this situation. You know, the gun thing, I don't know how you prove that. Did they find him in time to find a gun in the car? Whatever it may be, we, we, there's a lot of still unanswered questions here.
2: Yeah, I mean, there is... You know, obviously he will get his day to to share his side here, but we're going off of what the police report states. It doesn't, it doesn't paint it in a very positive light for him. Um, but at the same point, the point you bring up, Nick, about you know, he has not been convicted. I can see I can see both sides of like AEW just listen, we're we're gonna wait till this settles itself out. Certainly we have seen uh, other situations involving wrestlers where legal issues have occurred and they have just continued onward, uh, with them. Um, and this is, it's, it's a major match on the show. And if he is allowed to be in the country, it's, you know, they are, they're not breaking any, any codes or laws by continuing with this. So it's, it's certainly a situation though that it's, you know, if convicted, then that does become a, a larger issue because that may affect, you know, future abilities to go to foreign countries.
4: Yeah. And look, we are days away from all in. And this is the conversation we're having, right? Like, much like the backstage punk elite stuff and other stories that have emerged, like there's always some kind of other story out there hanging around AEW that people are talking about that's not always on the action. And for better or for worse with WWE, they have done a great job of locking that down their focus stays on story stuff. Like when people are talking about that company by and large these days, it's debating the merits of whether or not we're in the bottom of the third of the Roman reigns bloodline stuff, right? Like that's the extent of people really getting upset. I mean, unless we could, we could, of course, both of us had wonderful conversations with lawyers recently about the UFC class action suit and everything like that. Right. But outside of that kind of discourse, it is they they are the WWE does not deal with these issues and it is just something to look at with AEW whether it's the Cash Wheeler situation whether it's the Elite CM Punk situation there's always some other thing going on out there that people seem to be talking about
2: that is not their product you know it's weird what is it, like not an easy answer to this but what is it about that like this lingering story that has allowed it this constant oxygen whereas something that I would deem like infinitely more um, serious in terms of like the Vince McMahon scandal that here we are. And we're not talking about that on a weekly basis. It's not this persistent issue that permeates throughout WWE. It's he's back in the company. It's like this stuff happened or allegedly happened. And it's, it's not something that is an anchor on the discourse about WWE, but in AEW, like this locker room drama is
3: a weekly occurrence and it is worth we mentioning we've, that that Vince Vince is under – it sounds like he's under grand jury investigation. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't be surprised. He could be indicted. He could be, be indicted, indicted on day.
4: a moment's notice. They've yeah. done a really good job, though, of isolating Vince. I mean, until he came back with part of the Endeavor deal and everybody went all cattywampus backstage because of the decisions he was making, they'd done a really good job of isolating him, right? And when things got hot, there were like a couple months there where he was around and people were upset. They slowly backed him away, and we haven't heard a peep since the spinal surgery and the grand jury subpoena and uh, the weren't for the search of his house and everything like that. We haven't heard anything about it, right? I would be, I would be surprised. We don't hear anything about Vince here for a while, um, to be quite frank, because they are being, like again, so conscious of the public narrative and keeping it away from things that could be disruptive to their business, especially at such like a pivotal time. And you'd think AEW would do the same because <laughs> they got a big bag of cash on the line as well with WBD but it, there's always some story
2: man there's always some story and i mean that does set the table for tonight where you will have all parties under one roof all under one roof in Duluth uh for Fighter Fest tonight where we are we have a collision taping following uh, dynamite so i mean that in and of itself becomes a story just the fact that all these contentious parties are under one roof tonight i hope for the sake of i hope for the sake of everybody that they can
4: find a way to put it all behind him, you know, and it doesn't seem like it's punk and the elite anymore. It really doesn't. It feels more to me like punk and the young bucks, you know, I mean, I think that Adam page is like annoyed by this, but he didn't throw hands. He didn't go in the back, get in this fight, bite nobody, you know, Adam page stayed out of that. Kenny Omega, he was in there. He got bit, he threw down, but I've, I've heard that Kenny's not the one that's really like harboring the, the same kind of same kind of, malice or resentment towards punk it sounds like it's it's you know I don't want to say one or the other because I'll get people upset but you know I think it's more of a young bucks see punk situation at this point and if the bucks you know can find a way to 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 find it themselves to want to do this and put it behind them, I think that we can get rid of a lot of this narrative you know um let the let the wound start to heal and, and move on past it but as long as the bucks, you know, and they have, may have very good reasons for it, right? And I think that they they very well might for that for what it's worth. But as long as they don't want to sit down at the table, we're going to keep hearing these stories, man. And There's going to be this this long drum of, oh, they don't want this person around. Oh, they don't want that person around. Oh, this decision. Oh, we got tacos and catering. They got steak, whatever it may be. You know, you're never going to hear the end of it as long as there's that division there between the top entities in the company.
3: There you yeah. go there's a voice in my head uh, that that wants to point out like, well, well, isn't all this drama in AEW, it's it's overemphasized. Maybe, you know, it's spun up by media and in the wrestling media and it's not given the same focus it would be given if something similar were happening. Perhaps there are, to some extent, you know, the Vince story, there's there's similar things happening in, in WWE that don't get the same attention. I guess there's, I think there is something to what's happening in AEW in terms of there's more of a, An equality of power between the the people that we're talking about punk has proved to have a lot of power here in terms of being able to come back and get a steal his job back Uh, and the EVPs have a similar amount of power as opposed to WB I guess which you know the, the power is much more consolidated by the executives.
4: Well, the, the, the elite have power in the sense they've been working successfully as an, in a group. Like it's like the friends cast, right? They all work as a, so even if you want Kenny to do something more than the Bucks or Bucksboard ad, it doesn't matter. They're all a group. So you're dealing with them as an entity as a whole, right? Which is a bit effective for them in the long run, you know? Um, it is, a it is, it is one of those things where I hear a lot that, you know, if, if Tony just likes you, you can, you can get more sway, right? Which is more like, early mid 90s kind of vince mcmahon in the in the roster kind of relationship stuff as he kind of moved himself away from the boys a little bit more and they went public and things like that you kind of heard a little bit less of that you still have your brock lesnar stories and things like that but it's not as rampant as i feel like it once was it's a lot more corporate it's about to get a lot more corporate with endeavor uh taking over but there's still like a, a, a big degree over an AEW of you know if Tony's cool with you, t- Tony likes you, you do more stuff. You can get away with more stuff. It, it,
2: that's the way it seems, at least. That's what I hear. If you go back multiple months and you looked at what what is the outcome going to be of all of these divisions within the company, I think like your worst-case scenario would be the fact that you could, you could just upset both of the, these parties, and it could have just been the loss of talent. And Tony Khan has been able, for better or for worse, to get all these people back to work – you have been able to re-sign the Elite. You have re-signed FTR. People have reason to believe MJF is probably locked in. Do you look at this as the best realistic outcome in that it's not like you have these happy campers, but you have been able to salvage and keep these stars all together and you're you're moving forward as opposed to losing a Punk or losing the Elite in, in an entire group of the four of them opting to, to leave over any issues that were outstanding?
4: I'm under the impression CM Punk's contract is uh, a lot sooner than than the elites is. And um, if look, if if this thing can't get resolved, you know, and these things continue to be stressful and all that, you know, I, part of me wonders if the elite just want to keep Punk uncomfortable and hope he just kind of goes away. Right. As opposed to, like, burying the hatchet and just maybe he maybe he sticks around for another decade then. Right. Maybe we don't really want that. You know, so there's a lot of what ifs in this situation. Um it, it really is just gonna come down to whether or not people can, if they want to, come to the table and, and that'll dictate the direction of how this all plays out. That's all
2: that's really all it is. Do you get the sense, Nick, that Punk will be happy if this cannot get worked out, if he can just exist in this situation that we, we currently see now? Is this something like he needs in terms of a resolution? I think that I, I think that if, if both sides had space to do their own thing and they weren't messing with
4: each other, then I think it's totally possible. Right. And Punk's no saint here either. The Adam Page stuff, the comments didn't help. And obviously, uh, apologize for that to Adam Page and everything like that. Um, but, you know, it's not It's it's the polit- it's it's the politics of pro wrestling. Right. Some people really flourish in that space and they know how to talk to people and get their narrative out and they're always on social media and they're always engaged and they always know just the right. itch to scratch and everything like that. Then there's other people that just want to show up and do their job and not deal with politics. And I think that's really the division here. And it's almost like a generational thing in a way, you know, you look over on the collision side, it's, you know, people that have maybe been around a little bit longer, maybe had some WWE time, right. Maybe or know that if they can build some people up around them, right. That's going to help them in the long run on the business. Um, and they just want to show up and do their job. You know, even Jim Ross said, like AEW Collision, the the backstage area is calmer, right? He's like, it's just calm. Everybody shows up. They're quiet. They're in corners working on their matches. They go out there and do their job. Dynamite's a little rowdier. It's a little younger, right? You know, they're a little, a little crazier over there. And it's just a difference of it's a difference of personalities, cults of
3: personalities, if, if you will. Yeah. It, it sounds like to me, like you know, you've got these two parties that are. That have issues with each other and they haven't been resolved. And and you know, supposedly Punk has wanted to have a meeting with the Young Bucks. Maybe there was a meeting recently that he wanted to attend that would have had them in the room. He was denied that. Um, but it, just, it sounds like you know there needs to be a leader and a mediator to get get them together, at least to have a conversation. But that that has not happened. And when you've got people taking passive aggressive shots at each other, it just seems like a recipe for things to get worse, not better.
4: Yeah, man. And that's the thing is like, what where is. What is the guardrails here, right? Where's the account of, If you do something, what what repercussions do you face, right? Because if the repercussions are you're going to go home and you say, great, I'll see you when my contract's up and then maybe never again, like, ugh, that's in a bad spot too, right? So it's really,
3: it's, it's. And I think that that's where a leader like Tony Khan or whoever is going to be the, the leader of talent has to come in and, and make everybody, you know, not, not not be friends, but make everybody cooperative with each other, at least in a professional setting.
4: I, you know, if Tony resigned the elite without some kind of understanding about punk or whatever, which I find hard to believe, um, I I don't know, you know, I I, I, as part of that negotiation, I think that's where you have the leverage, you use the leverage. That's where you put the hammer down and say, fine, I'm going to give you these millions of dollars. We'll lock you down for so many years. But as part of it, here's the condition. And if you don't like it, then, you know, what's your counter? Go from there.
2: Let's talk a bit about uh, coming out of this event. They certainly have a big task over this next week and a half to come back the following weekend uh, with All Out. What are you sort of looking at in terms of this experiment of back-to-back weekends of pay-per-views? And are you, are you optimistic that they can pull this off, that this AEW fan base is going to have enough uh, to come back a week later with pretty much a one-week build for a pay-per-view in terms of the money matches that will be coming out of this show?
4: I'm as interested as anybody. I mean, it's all going to be an execution. You got two dynamites. You got tonight. You got next Wednesday. You got a couple collisions in between to to keep the juices flowing. I would think there'd have to be something coming out of all in that rolls into all out in, in some way, whether or not it has to do with MJF or Adam Cole or something with CM Punk would seem obvious since they're returning back to Chicago. I, I just worry about burnout. I think it's just so much wrestling, and I know that every every so often throughout the year it all just kind of piles up. And right now, this is the time of year where it all just seems to have piled up again. It's just so much wrestling content, you know. And I, I do worry about payback being the night before uh, all out, and you know, you're going to have people that have watched, you know, so much premium pro wrestling content by that point. It's it's going to be a tougher sell. All out will be this year. Just bottom line, you know. I think it'll be a real fun show. I'll be there, right. Um, I'll but, be there too. see yeah, you there there you go, right. We'll have a good time. Be there till four o'clock in the morning. you know right. um, but no i you know it's i I think it's a it's i don't know if it was just like the scheduling all just kind of if, it, if we wanted to deliver on promises. I'm not really sure how we got to the situation, but it just doesn't i mean it's just a lot of pro wrestling content a lot of and a lot of high level pro wrestling content that you're being expected to put out it seems tough, man. I would
3: would speculate that Wembley was available at this time, which just happened to be the the week before Labor Day. And if they wanted to do a stadium show in the UK.
2: Brandon, we're getting a bit of interference on your uh, microphone. I don't know if it's uh, You
4: sound like a Jedi or something like that,
2: like a robot Jedi. All right, we will uh, effort to uh, work through this. But the other question, uh, Nick, is that let's say... Let's say they end up like, I think everyone looks at all in that, you know, pay-per-view wise, I think it's going to be a very, very successful number. And let's say All Out does a respectable number. Like, what do you take if you're AEW in terms of your pay-per-view output and the idea of selling these two pay-per-views in such close proximity? Like, does that kind of change your focus on what kind of appetite this audience has when this is this is an extreme example of presenting two shows so close together? I, I, again, I worry about oversaturation and burnout, you know, their, their viewership
4: hasn't been going up on dynamite year over year. And Brandon is here on the line, obviously, and he's going to be right back and can probably uh, better assess the comment I just made there. But I just worry about just keeping people on the hook, right? I mean, if, if it does well, if this whole thing worked out, we're doing it all once, maybe you made some more money, fine. But I don't know how many times you can go back to that. Well, right? I think Tony started off with this model people really like you had your four big events a year with three hour shows by and large he wasn't or three and a half he wasn't pushing to that five hour mark he was very proud of that and over time right it's become more shows and they're longer shows and there's more people on the shows and it's a lot of stuff that we didn't get in the beginning and i do wonder if we're if we're pulling the rubber band too far in one direction here at the moment um and, and it risks
2: breaking if you if that makes sense well, I don't think Brandon is breaking anymore. He is. He is back with us. Am I better now? Oh, you're perfect. better, buddy. I've been cured. HD yeah. sound. Uh, well, th- the question I was asking Nick as well. I'd be curious your thoughts, Brandon. is that if if these two pay per views both numbers come back and they are you no know, at or above whatever your expectation level is, do you think that informs AEW about its pay per view content? Like we've seen the idea thrown out of could you take a pay per view and do a two night event once a year, for instance, like if these pay-per-view numbers are strong enough, is that telling you something from your audience that
3: you could pull off something like this and continue down that path? It's encouraging towards the idea of a a two day pay-per-view. And we we have indications from Tony Khan, who had an interview on CNBC international where he, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he gave the impression that pay-per-views pre-orders of pay-per-views are among you know, around or just under the number two or number two, the best that they've ever been, which was probably all out 2021. Um, and I know there's a report about 90,000 supposedly pre-orders. I've been told that that's, it's not as big as that, but I do get the impression that it's doing a lot better than usual. Um, yeah, it is encouraging toward the idea of doing a two day event. Um, I don't know if, if you want to do I, – I wouldn't want to do this again, do back-to-back weeks, but if you've got a big enough event once a year, WrestleMania is doing it, obviously, then and maybe there's something to do next year around if you want to make all in your WrestleMania brand, which there hasn't been any any direct talk from anybody in AEW about that, but I think they should, that they're going to do this stadium event. That's going to be one of the biggest pro wrestling shows ever. All in was one of arguably the most important wrestling shows in modern history. in, in 2018, I think that's the brands to make your WrestleMania brand. If they want to do that next year. And if this does does well enough, I, I wouldn't be opposed to a two day event and put both days on pay-per-view.
2: What, what would you see, Nick, a, a big stadium event in the U.S. doing for AEW? It's hard to forecast where they are a year from now, but just off the brand of All In, um, you know, this is one thing, your first time in the market in England, but do you do you think like they could pull off a major stadium event in, in the U.S. with this brand?
4: Oh, absolutely, man. AEW fans are nuts. When they launched this Wembley Stadium show, everyone was like, oh, I don't know if they're going to be able to fill it. Oh, that's a big place. I was like, are you kidding me? There are people who would sell kidneys to be a part of anything that is AEW history related, right? They just want that ticket stub. They, these people are – this is a hardcore – Fan base, right? And I think you could absolutely do all in Detroit, all in Philly once a year. You're not trying to do what WWE is doing, which is like four or five stadium shows a year, or big arena shows a year, one big one. And you say this year, Las Vegas, we're coming for you. We're gonna blow it out. And I yeah, of course, you'd have all the fans in Vegas going nuts, and you'd have everybody else being like, yeah, stick it to Vince. We hate WWE. We're gonna show them once again with the with the pocketbook here. We're
2: gonna do these blowout shows, hundred percent. I think it would work. Yeah, it's a great idea. One super chat here coming from Nick from Jake. Welcome, Nick. You've been to a lot of the WWE and AEW scrums. How would you compare the two? Are performers staying in character an issue for you at some of these events? Definitely a more in character stuff
4: at WWE. Um, the AEW ones are a little bit less guarded and it depends a lot on the performer as well. Right. Um, most performers will let it down, but you'll get an Arch Cassidy, you get an MJF, you get a Danhausen, usually in character. Um, I I think that I like the pacing of WWE press conferences, even though I don't always get my questions in because they go a little bit quicker, but they're easier to digest. Usually there's the big talking points get addressed unless it's like the big talking points with the wrestlers get addressed in WWE stuff. I could sit there. I could use a little more time with, paul triple h sovek that would be
2: great we get a little more time unless you're paul. brandon thurston it is tough to get a question in at uh, those i
4: you know i got i got one in i don't know if he remembered it at wrestlemania with him and i don't think it went that well but anyway anyway
3: he threw uh, right to you he said let's get it over with
4: i know yeah because that's what a man who's happy says let's get it over with right i said that before my like epidural that. last week um
3: <laughs> all right that was about the merger yeah yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it was heavily rumored at that time, or maybe reported, but but not finalized.
4: It was it, it was that Sunday. It was the second night. It had been, the
2: report had gone His out. The ink I, wasn't even dry on the... Uh, I
3: think CNBC on, had reported it by then.
4: I, I showed up in that press box. I had, a sk- I had a skip in my step. I looked at John Alba, and I said, this is going to be a great night. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you'll find out later. I didn't want to tell anybody I was going to ask that question. Let him scoop it from me. Anyway, um, WWE ones, they usually, they're a little quicker, a little easier to digest. Largely, the big stuff is covered. AEW stuff is um, interesting. Uh, the, the talent is very open, by and large. Uh, Tony obviously does his best to give everybody time. My favorite uh, memory of doing an AEW media scrum, outside of the legendary CM Punk one, was talking to Okada. Um, and it was just like you're in a room with somebody you know is just walking history, and you're like getting a chance to ask them a question, and... Uh, I thought that was a very cool moment. Um, but by and large, yeah, I think that uh, storyline wise, it just kind of depends on the performer. There's a little little bit of that in each one, and pacing wise, yeah, the WWE stuff I think just kind of clips along a little better. I think I speak for all the press where if it's after two o'clock in the morning, we're done, right? Like it's fine, it's it's okay,
2: it's all right. Forbidden Door was a uh, that was a rough one on Brandon who had to drive home yes. to Buffalo afterwards from Toronto. Yeah. I had a two-hour drive that I,
3: that I did then. But yeah.
4: I like to go get a victory drink after media scrums because I usually send off the timestamps and stuff. And the last couple of AW pay-per-views, all the bars have been closed and sad. And then I go back to the hotel, and I'm like, will you guys give
3: me a beer? And they're like, no, oh, it's too late. And I go, fine. I'll go to bed. Fine. Anyway. So we haven't seen CM Punk at a press conference since... The one that we were both in the room for almost a year ago. Yeah. Um, he's wrestling Samoa Joe on Sunday, he's probably going to win. Usually the winners or some of the winners, I know not all of them, but some of the winners do attend, you know, our subjects in the press conference. So maybe he's a, he's, he's there. If not there, it would be kind of surprising if he's not at either one of, of the post all in press conference or the post all out press conference in Chicago. And
4: I, we'll I, re- I, think he got that
3: situation. I, I think you got
4: to
2: do it all out. I mean, you got to do it right. I would catered by Mindy's. I think it's what a full circle moment that we could have. And that's the thing, John, is
4: I would do it all as as lighthearted, jokey, all smiles as possible. Cater to the press. Oh, we got Mindy's bakeries. Oh, do you want some lime spindrift? Right. You know, really lean into it. Let punk come out arm in arm with Tony Khan. Maybe they kiss a little bit and then. They do just this glowing, wonderful, positive, uh, and then he, he says nice things to Brian Alvarez, right? Like all kinds of all kind of just bygones be bygones, public showing a year for the year year to the day, and maybe that'll dig the hole that the hatchet can be buried in eventually.
2: We'll, we'll isolate this clip and see if that's that's the outcome <laughs> of, of the press conference. I'm I'm going with the under on that one, but we could uh we, we could certainly see the man has been uh maybe he's just been tied up all these pay per views doesn't have uh doesn't have time for these these press conferences <laughs> after. I'm sure it's just been timing issues. I'm sure it's timing issues, hundred percent. Well, uh, we are uh, running out of time nick but i definitely want to get uh all your info out there for people to go check out house of wrestling it is on tuesdays and thursdays on the premier streaming network uh some of the best interviews out there and of course uh house of wrestling is where it all goes down
4: yeah and you guys do an incredible job on the business the business when you asked me earlier what people really like i should have said business stuff because that's a very obvious layup there contract talks we tried to do a bit of that as i mentioned earlier I got to do this conversation with Lucas Middlebrook, who I believe you've talked to right. before as well, John. He is a labor lawyer. He worked with Leslie Smith on the UFC unionization attempt. She attempted and, and ended in 2020. Um, we're back. We're talking. If you listened to this show last week, you were listening to Eric Mc- McGregor. Matt, Matt, McGregor. Okay, yes. Okay, sorry. I Fellow Canadian. I knew I was going to mess his last name up. I'm so sorry, Eric. Um, very good conversation you guys had. If you guys are looking for more, uh, a little bit more on that. Uh, come check out House of Wrestling, H A U S of Wrestling, all your podcast platforms, Houseofwrestling.com, and um, that's that's really it, guys. Uh, it's been a wonderful pleasure chatting with you guys. I appreciate you uh asking me to come on and talk about all this stuff
2: today. Yeah, it's a really good chat that uh, Nick had with uh Lucas Middlebrook. If you want to go check that out, very big story that uh that is continuing to escalate in both MMA and certainly there's a uh, carryover to the uh, pro wrestling side, but we will uh, chat with you in the near future, Nick uh, all the best with your coverage this weekend and uh, surviving next weekend. Hopefully you get a victory drink after the press conference.
4: Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I will. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Bye guys. Thank,
5: <laughs> Thank you, John. John. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket
2: Wrong person, I uh, I eliminated there. But Brandon is still uh, with us here. And uh, before we uh, uh, wrap up things, I want to chat with you just a bit about the uh, the media call that uh, Tony Khan did have on Tuesday. I guess the main thing was the the Cash Wheeler um discussion that we went over. But I mean, also, it sounds like you know, for all the criticism that has been thrown towards the build to All In, I mean, Tony kind of showing his hand in this one about like there have been the obvious issues he's had with. You know, Brian Danielson's injury, Jamie Hayter being hurt, but it seems like a a lot of other behind the scenes problems that have been affecting the lead in uh, the lead up to the pay-per-view and that more changes to the card are expected. Fightful has reported. Ray Phoenix is not expected to be on the show on the weekend due to some kind of uh, travel restriction. And that will probably be explained tonight, but it seems like there were um, more outside factors uh, affecting
3: this card and changes that are going to be made. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it's a situation where it's going to be what we kind of talked about occasionally that, well, this could just be like Forbidden Door the first time where, you know, the build doesn't feel great going up to it, but it turns out to be a really good show. And in terms of the performers and the wrestlers, the matches, they're totally capable of having a great card and the the pay-per-view interests, you know, if you take Tony's words at face value on CNBC the other day, the pay-per-view interests leading up to it is pretty strong are you at all more optimistic
2: on what this what the ceiling is for pay-per-view buys like last week you seemed like the like this is not going to be more optimistic yeah yeah i again it's it's hard to say because this is one where it's i don't care what your interest is maybe in the card and i think the card's going to deliver but to me it's more so just the um just the significance of this this being a big show that i can see a lot of kind of last minute buys that this is you know you have the afternoon factor is that going to be a, a plus or a negative uh, depending on what your time zone is there's a lot of factors that are hard to attribute for but if this ends up doing you know if this is the second most bought aew pay-per-view um it's not going to surprise me like it, it has been marketed as the largest pro wrestling event in history and sometimes that is all you need as, as a hook that you're telling people this is a real important one above
3: all the other shows Right so the as as people probably know all out 2021 was the highest ever just over 200,000 buys worldwide all platforms number 2 is revolution 2022 175 okay get up that high I don't know um double or nothing last year did 165 that is I think the third highest one so maybe this this can cross 150 I mean the maybe higher than that because everything's been 140 lately, right? Uh, according to The Observer and, and places like that, I think, you know, yeah, maybe this can get to uh, the neighborhood of the second highest one ever, 175, 160. When's Polestar going to get into uh, pay-per-view buys? I don't Streaming know.
2: pay-per-view buys. That, that would be wonderful. Yeah. This would be the the next evolution of, of, of all of this. Um, well, yes. And that was um, the question that Brandon Thurston posed towards uh, Tony Khan about uh, the ticket sales. And we, we got several uh, interesting clips uh, from uh, Tony Khan. But one that I think we, we have to go to immediately is that there was a meeting recently where Mr. Zaslav, David Zaslav, oh, yes. met Shad Khan. And uh, here is Tony's recollection of that meeting recently.
1: I believe we do fall in with sports. We're a very, very prominent wide sporting event. We do tremendous ratings. This You may have seen a press release that Warner Brothers Discovery put out yesterday afternoon publicizing the success of AEW Dynamite Fight for the Fallen, which was the number one show on cable in multiple demographics, and Among Young Men was the number two show on all of television, uh, including network. And uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, very excited about the potential of AEW in the past year I've been very fortunate to get to spend time with Mr. Zasloff and Mr. Zasloff is really excited about AEW. I will take it a step further. Uh, I saw Mr. Zasloff over the holidays, uh, with my father and I walked up to him and introduced my father to him. And, uh, the first thing he said to my dad is your son is effing killing it. Uh, so I was very, uh, pleased with that and proud of that. And, uh, Always nice when your boss uh, tells your dad that you're doing a good job.
2: Mr. Zaslav. Mr. Zaslav. I think we're getting closer to a, a character on television. I mean, this could be, um, you know, maybe not performed by David himself.
3: But I mean, so he said Zaslov. over the holidays. So I take that to be around Christmas time. So that was That's what wild. I thought.
2: Too. I was trying to do like what, what holidays like Fourth of July. Would Does that constitute the holiday? Like
3: it could be. I don't refer um, to that. That's like a long weekend. You know I mean? Yeah, as I was telling someone earlier. I need a uh, like a political cartoon style drawing depiction of this moment where David Zasloff in his vest pulls Tony Khan over to his dad Shad and and uh, tells him that he's effing killing it. Um, that's that's the uh, that's the title of the book. One day, like uh, yes, the AW story. Um, but about that, that question was related to whether or not. AEW could be on the sports tier of, of, of max. Ble- it's going to be branded bleacher yeah, report. This was asked by John Alba about what it's classified right. under. And I, it's worth noting that in the upfronts last May, they were presented by Kathleen Finch who oversees general entertainment for WBD and not Louis Silverwasser, who oversees sports. So to some extent they're seen as under general entertainment, whether or not they could be on bleacher report though is, is a different question. And I'm sure he wants them to be seen as sports, you know, it's like WWE. They want to be seen as sports where it's valuable to be that and and entertainment where it's more favorable to be that. All right.
2: And if you noticed how smooth I was uh, going from one clip to the other, it's because I had not uploaded uh Brandon's answer. But I have now, and now we can hear uh, uh, Tony's answer when Brandon asked him about can we eliminate this ticketing confusion that exists for WrestleMania three, for WrestleMania thirty two? Can you that's the controversy? Yes. So here was uh, Tony's answer.
1: I will uh get you guys as best as I can an accurate number as I always do. And, um, I've never been in that particular position before to, to do that math. So, uh, I look forward to, uh, uh, announcing an accurate number and, uh, I'm not sure how long it'll take us to come up with it, but I'm, but I'm very excited, uh, to have a good number for you guys on Sunday. And hopefully it'll be a historic number that we can all get excited about. But honestly, whether, you know, uh, wherever it falls, I think it's going to fall certainly is one of the most successful events ever. And, uh, you know, um, it's not about really nickel and diming. I think it's about packing the stadium, which we have done. And uh, it's a very, very important milestone for us.
2: So if you take that answer, it sounds like they are not going to come up with some fictitious number to just uh, pump their chest out, but uh, we, it remains to be seen if we will get um, a uh, a very thorough breakdown of what what in fact they they draw on Sunday like it's 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 an enormous accomplishment and I guess it will be uh it remains to be seen. Worth noting in that CNBC interview how Tony Khan like went out of his way to
3: state you know in the UK we are not the challenger brand we are the industry leader. Yeah, I mean I'm not in the UK. We talked to Stephanie Chase a few weeks ago. You know and she gave us she lives in the UK and she gave us her opinion that WWE is still very much the leader despite what Tony is trying to stress. There is that they're on. A higher reach network in ITV, and they have higher viewership for Dynamite than Raw or SmackDown do, which is on is it on TNT Sports? Is that what BT Sports called now? UK yes, fans, TNT World Sports. World, World um, but yeah, uh, as we alluded to at the top, he uh, he responded to his question, to my question, asking me to to say what WWE would do, and I said they would issue a press release with uh, a number that includes ushers and ticket takers and personnel and all of that. Um, so it, it sounds like. No big inflated number. I will say they've they've announced a couple pay-per-view attendances that were a little bit higher than what we can verify through Polestar or through WrestleTix. But not, I mean, we're not talking about a 10%, 20% increase, which is what it looks like WWE does for their stadium events. Yeah. Should we uh, put the public call out for anyone that is attending the show on Sunday to
2: take as many photos from as many angles as possible, send them to Brandon Thurston, send them to
3: WrestleTix. Yeah. I mean, having WrestleTix now seriously is, is a lot more helpful for, I mean, for obvious reasons, but just that we know what the capacity is of this venue. Whereas it's harder to piece together for the, the pre wrestletics era where I, you know, I was, I was talking with Mr. WrestleTix himself the other day being like, could you give me, we we're trying to look at what the capacity was or is of AT&T Stadium and things like that. Just because, you know, what, what was the configuration? Was it enough to get to 80,000, 100,000 or whatever?
2: So there we go. Hopefully, we will not
3: have um, a several decade long controversy that comes out of All In at Wembley Stadium. There's no avoiding it, um, especially with AEW and W tensions as high as ever. Um, I'm sure there will be a ton of disagreement and drama. There will not be a generally accepted attendance across fandoms.
2: I asked Way this on Monday's show. Do you feel that All In opens with? Tony Khan's Vince McMahon moment from WrestleMania three, where he's in the middle of the ring to introduce the show.
3: I, I think AW's brand would be served by less Tony Khan on the air um, and more focus on, on talent. I wouldn't dismiss it. That sounds like something that he might do. Um, he's in, in terms of in front of the crowd. He, it, for the live audience as anybody who's attended an aw show knows he comes out at least a couple times and and mm. revs up the crowd and thanks everybody for being there and teases maybe we'll come back or whatever and but he rarely appears live in front of the crowd on television i can think of the ring of honor and ownership announcement the, the exception um he has been appearing as a, he appeared in an mjf adam cole segment it's pretty close to an on, on-screen character to me um but no maybe maybe he will well, that is coming up on
2: Sunday. And so what is your, what is your plan for a Nomics on Sunday? Are you going
3: to be, I guess you'll be, if you start at 11. Have, we're we're going to uh, go head to head with um, the zero the hour. Buy and, yeah. What's it called? Yeah. We're going to go head to head. We've got a, I don't know. We might have an abbreviated show, maybe a little bit shorter than usual uh, on Sunday for subscribers only at 11 a.m. But uh, yeah, I've almost thought like, man, should I just record it afterwards? But that, that's that's the plan right now is to do it at the normal time. Are you watching all in? Certainly. Certainly one way or another. Yes. But my local Dave and Buster's, I've looked it up. I could go there. Movie theaters, not so much as Nick has reported. Um, but uh, lots of Dave and Buster's locations do have the uh, the pay-per-view, including one not too far from me.
2: And then the following weekend, it is Payback and All Out. And yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how they come out of this show. Are you guys and, going to Chicago? Did I miss that? No, no, okay. we're not going to that one. No. Okay. Our plan to go to Philadelphia next year. That is that is the plan. Yeah, uh, and I don't know about anything uh, b- before then. Uh, let's chat just about a couple of uh, of ratings notes. Uh, we had SmackDown on Friday. This had more uh, NFL preemption, so they did two million ninety four thousand viewers, a 0.55 in the demo for Edge and Sheamus. Uh, it did a very big number in Canada. Their largest since the Friday after WrestleMania. So this was a bigger deal in Canada than it was in the U.S. Um, but kind of standard fare at, at the moment for, for SmackDown rampage that night, 416,000 viewers and a point one three in the demo, this featuring the commander Ray Phoenix match, which I said that was the, the best performing quarter of the show. Brandon, it was the opening 15 minutes. trying to
3: load it up right now. There it is. Um, the, well, the, the first quarter for rampage is almost always the mm-hmm. highest, the most viewed quarter. It's at 10 o'clock. Everything else is naturally later than 10 o'clock. Um, it's hard to say, you know, what this means relative to what happens usually. I mean, the whole show averaged 0.13 in the demo, and that's about what Rampage has been doing lately. Um, but it was, it was the most watched quarter, but that's, again, the way it usually is.
2: Anything that's we're 10 weeks into Collision. Have you noticed anything? Is there anything about Rampage? Has it held up? Has it? Is it, it seems sort to of be weird? doing fine, I mean, relative to what it was? I and mean, it's not like this time. thing has fallen off a cliff like a 0.13. I think they did a 0.15 the week before. It's not like this show has just been panned or turn people have replaced Rampage with
3: Collision, like, there's still a healthy audience by Rampage. I guess, I guess it tells you how disengaged people were with Rampage in the first place, but <laughs> it's uh, so it's averaging. Month to date, it's averaging four hundred sixteen thousand viewers, and in the months in the trailing months, I mean, it, in, in April it did really well and averaged five hundred thousand. But week you know, months before that, it was under four hundred thousand. So it's it's not showing, you know, signs of the argument that collisions in you know, introduction is going to kill rampage. That's not happening.
2: What the AW audience is saying is you're not giving up enough wrestling yes. every week. Week three-hour use- dynamite. We could have a lot more. And on Saturday night uh, with Collision, this featuring um, uh, Christian Cage against Darby Allen in the main event, we had 482,000 viewers and a 0.17. This was remarkable because in the, yes. in the 18 to 49 demo among men and women, like identical to the number from the past week to yes. the point I was I was
3: thinking, like, did Brandon just mistake? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I sat and on I this can't... for a while saying, is this right? You're, are you Damn. sure you didn't just give me the same numbers as last week? I can I, never I, recall this <laughs> happening, like identical <laughs> numbers from the week before in the, in the key demo, uh, which was amazing. Yeah. But. I, I, I verified with multiple sources, including spoiler TV, that this was correct. Cause I was, I don't know, somebody messing with me here, but it, this, this is what it was. It was almost, almost, yeah, as you said by demo there, there are a few down ballot demos that were a little bit different and you know, and then I have the quarter hours that are distinctly are very different from from last week even though it averages out to the same. And the total viewership was as we're showing on the screen here up 2%. Yeah,
2: and again after 10 weeks collision is averaging a point 2 in the uh, 18 to 49 demo. Now that is kind of helped by that that first week which was that 0.33 um that they did, but I would say like that's right at the level I would say that you're you would be happy with, but I mean it's it's sort of the calm before the storm once they go into the fall season and we will see yeah. how
3: how collision holds up. And I think this is where it lives in the, in the high teens, mid high teens, 0. 0.17, two weeks in a row. And football will come soon. Is football starting? Maybe it's not starting next week, right? Cause you have one more season of preseason, which I realize is the NFL, not college football, which it is going to go against. Um, but doesn't college football start a week earlier? Um, but anyway, I think, you know, if we look at how raw is affected by Monday night football, it's like 10 to 15%. So I think you can count on a similar effect here for AEW and that that's not too bad. That still leaves it in the, in the teens. You know, if you knock 10, 15% off this number, it's down to like a 0.15. That's not too bad.
2: The last number is raw from Monday and they did take a bit of a hit. They were going up against the, the NFL preseason and NFL was the number one show on, on cable that night. So Raw fell 9% in viewers. This was their second lowest of the year, 1,591,000 viewers falling 8% uh, in the demo to a 0.50. Although the, the first two hours were pretty consistent. And then you saw the, the drop to under 1.5 million, uh, in the third hour that led to the, uh, the six man tag main event. But it's uh, surprising that – well, not, the crossover segment from 8 till 9 is usually like you get a nice bump there. But for uh, Gunther and Chad Gable, that was your,
3: your peak quarter of the night. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but sports fans need to tell me, is this normal that ESPN would air a preseason game on Monday night? I don't recall that in the past, but I could be wrong. Um, I do, know, It does seem
2: like i uh, – I'm the wrong person to
3: ask, but I, I believe you're right. And I think we might have a college football game. Next week, Monday, which is usually what happens in years prior, I'll we'll have to look into that. But but then regular old Monday night football will be starting the week after that. That's right,
2: and then we are right back into uh, the thick of things with uh with with football season. But those are all your uh, your latest uh, television numbers coming out of uh, the past couple of nights, and that is going to wind down the show. Is there anything outstanding, Brandon, that we have uh, not touched upon that you wanted to uh,
3: chime in about? I don't think so. Um, I hope to have some sort of published posted work about WrestleMania three coming. If you, you haven't gotten enough of that yet, which I know you haven't.
2: No, so. Brandon has been doing some furious research on this and I, I applaud your efforts to get to the bottom uh, of this number. I feel we're getting closer. I think like this is like, you're starting to see this clouded picture. It's starting to dissolve. We're starting to see a bit more clarity uh, some
3: 36 years later. I think you said if, if you could get into that building, this into the silver dome, which is now demolished. I should, should start it off with like a scene of this is what the Silverdome looks like today. It's a field in Pontiac. Um, but yeah, if you if we could count every seat by hand, uh, we, we can't, but we do have some photos and that's, I'm continuing to work. I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where I'd measured the seat map. And, and if you assume the seat map is drawn to scale, uh, I've done another, another method of, of research to get, you know, ask the, the same question. Uh, and I hope to have something done on that soon.
2: This has poisoned my mind because now, like today, uh, there's like a boxing account I follow and they posted an image from a fight in 1921. They were stating 91,000 people and immediately, I'm just so skeptical. I'm skeptical of all of these numbers now.
3: Maybe I always have been, but at this point,
2: what is but, the capacity but of all Sports are, are just
3: drowned out by the fact that somehow that, okay, there's a legit winner and loser, and, but, but pro wrestling... The real winner, on some level for some people, not everybody. But that is, you know, what's the biggest show ever? Well, it's, is it WrestleMania three? Is it WrestleMania thirty two? What really was the number for either of those events? Is all in going to exceed either of them? Exceed. Yeah. Um, what is it the
2: government right? of North Korea going to throw us a curveball and say, "No, no, no, we sold every one of these tickets." You're no, be, There's you know, no way they did. You don't um, think uh,
3: the government of North Korea was um, owner of this uh, this record? As I said on Sunday, we need to send a, a, a records request to the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea and see if they, uh, I'm sorry, I'm Democratic sure they'll get right back Republic's to North Korea and, and see if they respond to that. Um, but yeah, we have all in 76. But I believe, I mean, I think SummerSlam 92, if you, if you read the Observer, SummerSlam 92 did higher than that, did like 78,000 paid. But that's with him, him reporting that 79,000 is the total. So you got like only 1,000 comps out, out of almost 80,000. That seems low. I don't know. Maybe things are different in 1992. Um, but yeah, above, above, probably above WrestleMania 3 is my opinion for the moment, but not WrestleMania 32 yet. Well, coming up tonight, Wei Ting and
2: I are going to be back after tonight's Dynamite in uh, Duluth, Georgia. So you can tune in here on the post-YouTube channel at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And then uh, we will also be live right after All In. So you can get a, a double dose of uh, WrestleNomics and post-wrestling this Sunday. WrestleNomics will be going live at... The regular start time of eleven a.m. Eastern time at patreoncom slash WrestleNomics.
3: and so then the all-in pre-show, the pre-pre-show, that's,
2: that's the real zero, the the negative one hour, negative <laughs> <right? laughs> one hour <laughs> before we go into zero hour. Then you can sit through five hours of wrestling, and then you can tune in and hear two people talk about it for another ninety minutes afterward. I mean, could you could you script a better Sunday? Yeah, so you could you'd, you'd
3: listen to the, the press conference and then watch watch uh, the post pay per view show with John and Way right after that, even. Make your day That's longer. right. We, we will be going head to head with the press conference, which really bit us on uh, All Out last year when we were realizing what was going on as we were recapping this show. I thought about texting you in the car and I was but like, <laughs> it got out so late. I think you guys are almost done. <laughs> We were
2: seeing the comments, and then by the end of it, I'm realizing no one is going to be talking about this pay-per-view tomorrow. They are going to be talking about this press conference. So uh, nonetheless, we will see uh, if any of that that happens. Uh, I I am predicting a lot of rowdy fans coming out of Wembley Stadium after five hours in that
3: building. I wonder what the alcohol sales are going to be like at Wembley Stadium on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking back to that night at All Out, and because we we all walked walked out of there, and I heard somebody, one of the reporters say, oh, my God, there's another fight. And I thought, not that much of it. I don't know what exactly they were referring to. And, and then it started to, to – we knew that Punk lost his mind in the press conference. We didn't know that there was a physical fight yet. Mm. But I had some hints. Yeah.
2: You you saw the uh, one of the security guys dart? No, I didn't, see that. No, oh, I didn't see that. No, I just heard
3: people talking. No, I did not see the security guard. There's a video of it, though. Well, this is
2: all future future content. If if the parties all come together to tell a story at the end of this whole thing, uh, but that's going to wrap things up. So, thank you to Nick Houseman for joining us, and uh, all of you that joined us live. And uh, we're going to be signing off for Brandon Thurston. I am John Pollock. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, look forward to more guests. We we have a potential very interesting guest coming up in in a couple of weeks, hopefully. So uh, fingers crossed. And uh, and who knows who else uh, will be popping by. Paula and thurston in the weeks months and years to come but that is all for us thank you for tuning in goodbye
0: what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar